gosh it's been far too long yeah it's been uh months like six months i think so that's a long time that's a long that's a long little breaky break we're very negligent a lot has changed in the past six months (laughs) it really has it really (laughs) really has it's a Uh. (laughs) it's a it's a a interesting new world out there and uh hopefully this will make things a little bit easier on you at least for an hour, an hour and a half, forever long. This uh, this episode wants to go. There's but, never, uh, there's never been a a more important time to have the escapism of video games and anime. <laughs> <laughs> so we're bringing it, bringing it to you with with queer commentary. This is Joystick Jockeys. Yeah, I'm Ruben Medina, your host. I'm back, and I'm the DLC pack you've waited almost a year for, DJ. Yay! Oh, damn, so cute. <laughs> add that multiplayer to Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, just add the... Add Give me, me that. I'm the female character that should have been added to Final Fantasy 15 from the get-go. <laughs> Give me that Prompto story, that Prompto Gladiolus slash Vic DLC. Seriously. I mean, I'm convinced that the game, that Final Fantasy 15 was just about Gladio. Not gl- Gladio, but uh, it was just about Prompto. Oh, did I say Gladiolus? Because that's the dude from Pokemon. I don't know. Or Gladiolus? I can't no, remember. No, no, that's his name. That's his name. That's his name. I'm only a few hours into it, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, his, like, full name is Gladiolus, but everybody calls mm. him Gladio in the game. Is it... The dude from Pokemon, is it Gladius? That's the blonde kid who's, like, a trash boy the entire time? Yeah, the, the, the little shit boy. I think that's yeah, a little shit boy. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. A tiny, you have, like, definitely, like, the little blonde twink from Pokemon yeah. and the big bar daddy from Final Fantasy. Yeah. the same name. <laughs> uh, DJ... I know it's probably a loaded question because it's been six months. Uh-huh. What have you been playing? Um, well, if you already follow me on social media, which you do, and mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. that are listening to this, they should all know very well that I am 100% Overwatch trash. So mm-hmm. I play Overwatch pretty much every day for at least two hours. And uh, yeah, like it's, it is... So good. What's weird is that, like, Overwatch has kind of filled the void that um, Smash did for me for a while. So I haven't really been playing Smash Brothers. I haven't, like, really touched Smash Brothers in months. Um, pretty much ever since Overwatch came out, I haven't been playing Smash Brothers. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of, like, filled that void of a game that I can kind of pick up and play. And it's competitive and you can have fun and play with your buddies and all that good stuff. And then put it down and go do something else. And other than that, I've been playing... I played and I beat Final Fantasy XV, and I have lots of feelings about that. Um, but since you haven't finished it, I'm not going to get into it, because I want you, you to... Can't, you can't spoil it for me. No, um, I'm, not, I'm not going. Because right now, I'm pretty sure they all kiss at the end, but <laughs> I don't want it spoiled, so... <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I won't say anything about it. Um, but have you been able to avoid a lot of spoilers for the game? Because surprisingly yeah i honestly 
don't know. Um, I'm I'm like just barely past. I feel like I should be like after ten hours of playing it, I should be like way farther than I am. Mm-hmm. But I keep just like randomly running around the world because the world's so nice. Yeah. Um, and doing lots of monster hunts. So I'm like ten hours in, but like not very far. I'm still like in like the first or second area of the game. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, no, I haven't really. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any spoilers I, I know about. And I don't think I do. I, I think that um, I think I know that time comes into play at some point, um, but mainly because the opening of the game hints at it pretty strongly. Because mm-hmm. like the first scene, everyone looks much older. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited. Also, the fact that I keep seeing monsters in that game that are fucked up looking. Like I'm used to Final Fantasy, monsters are always kind of um, look like beasts yeah. in, in a way. Yeah, and. Uh, I keep seeing monsters that are very humanoid and that just look straight up like uh, demons, like just like Satan, like all, all the time. <laughs> and I'm super yeah. hype about that because that's that's much more in the sort of um, almost like a, a Bloodborne and yep. like other more horror related series that I'm into. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for that. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. Uh, Overwatch is exactly why I haven't been playing though, because every time yeah. I go to sit down, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play Final Fantasy, do a couple hours of it today, crank some stuff out, get some progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Overwatch is in the PS4, and then I'm just like, well, what if I just do like two or three comp matches? Right. And then <laughs> it's like five hours later, and I'm like, well, I'll never play another game again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you know, for me, like, I initially because I didn't know if I was going to like Overwatch or not, so I bought a physical copy of it, and mm-hmm. then I played it, and then I'm like, oh, this is that good shit right here. I'm really into this. So I ended up buying it digitally, so I didn't ever have to put the disc in again. And so I just sold, and I sort of sold my um, my. I traded in my physical copy, and um, yeah, like it's just on my PlayStation. So like, I it's like it's really hard for me to not just like press the Overwatch button because it's just sitting right there. I feel like you're just gonna like cover your PlayStation in the Overwatch logo and just like change all the buttons to just Overwatch logos. Yeah. <laughs> be like, cool, what am I going to do today? Oh, wait, the Overwatch machine. Perfect. Seriously. I mean, it kind of, it's kind of been that for a little bit because there was a bit of a of a small little drought of games, at least for me, that I was interested in playing on PlayStation 4 for a bit. But uh, Overwatch kind of filled that void. And it's it's so good. And it's only been getting better. So I've been really, really enjoying it. Uh, it's weird because I, I bought it for PC at first. Because mm-hmm. um, for me, it is like very much so a, P- a PC game in a lot oh, of ways. Oh, it is. It is. Um, and I got to like, I don't know, level 50 or so before I kind of just like dropped off playing it. Because I don't I don't go and sit down at my PC. Like I have a good gaming rig. Um, yeah. I have like a 1070. And it's, mm-hmm. so it's, it's great for stuff. But I just don't, like mentally, I don't go sit down at my computer to play games. Mm-hmm. I go to like surf the internet, maybe play games. Or, like, do work. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if I'm sitting down in front of my PlayStation, it's to play something. Yeah. Um, so I find myself just not playing it. And then I had a bunch of friends who were playing on PS4, and they're like, get it on PS4, get it on PS4. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, ah, I guess so. Maybe I'll do it. And now that I've done it, um, my friends are so much more active on PS4. And I think right. what's also really amazing, um, the group I play with on PS4 is almost all women. Yeah, yeah. Every time that I've played with you, I've, I've dropped in, it's like all girls and you, which is really awesome. Yeah, it's 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 like my Overwatch uh, harem anime. Um, 
where I just play Soldier 76. I play Daddy all the time. No, <laughs> um, uh, I either play Daddy or Diva. It's very conflicting. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it, it's interesting though. I think because um, I think PC gaming is such a big buy-in. Like it's so expensive to bu- like build a good gaming PC. Yep. Um, and the PC uh, like gaming community is so much more toxic. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it makes sense. Like I have so many uh, women friend friends. Uh, that have PS4s from buying like uh, Mass Effect or like not, not Mass Effect but like Dragon Age Inquisition mm-hmm. um, and eventually for Mass Effect um, for the wait. new one. Can't wait! And I'm so excited for it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it makes sense that they can just like go out and spend you know sixty bucks or whatever on sale mm-hmm. and then just play Overwatch. Yeah. Um, also, I think you can turn it off on the PC version, but the PC version has that the chat scroll that like every online game has. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not on team chat or anything. You can people can type nasty shit at you, yeah. which I always hated. And <clears throat> on PS4, like that doesn't exist, and you don't have to go in a team chat if you don't want to. Yeah, and I never is, do. Which is a dream. I love that. Yeah, because like it's nine times that we went to team chat for a moment the other night with me and and my roommate and another friend of ours, and the moment a girl's voice came on, the dudes were just like. Oh, what's up, baby? Oh, oh, my dick's so hard. I'm like, fucking, what's like really? wrong? Like, the people on our team. Oh. Um, and it was just like, I mean, I know that's not like, that's not every case, obviously, because I've, uh, my same roommate, uh, her and a couple of my other female friends on Overwatch um, have had great experiences. And there's like mm-hmm. these Canadian dudes they play with all the time who are super nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that like, you can potentially just open yourself up to that while you're just trying to enjoy a game. Mm-hmm. Sucks so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm finding. I don't know. That game is so good on PS4. Yeah, it's really, really great. Because um, I initially bought it on PC as well, and I again, I kind of go to my PC. That's where I do all of my my comic stuff. Like when I'm ready to work, that's what I use my computer for. But I don't really, yeah, I don't really game on it because I've never really been much of a PC gamer to begin with anyway. And that's kind of always been the, like, I've always gone to video games to, like, a console to play my video games. That's what I've always done. And I've played games on PC before. Like, I played Final Fantasy XI. I played uh, Fantasy Star Online and all that stuff on PC. And I've had decent experiences playing PC games, but... I, it's just not a platform that I think is really, like, great for, like, it doesn't make, it feels counterintuitive for me, like, on a keyboard and a mouse, trying to, like, do things that I could just, like, if I could plug in a controller, like, like, this, like, this device is specifically made for playing games, like, this PC is a multi-purpose device, which, that's, like, the great thing about having a PC is that you can kind of, like, it can do everything, which is really cool. So I see why people go that route because it's like, well, why would I buy a game console when I can just build a PC for twelve or thirteen hundred bucks, and I have my working computer and I can also play games on it as well when I want to do when I want to, you know, have some fun. But uh, I get that I get that mindset, but it's just not mine. Mm-hmm. And again, like a lot of my friends that play Overwatch all have PS4s, and none of them. Because, like, a lot of my friends are, like, graphic designers or illustrators and stuff like that. So they don't really have, like, PCs. They have Macs and all that stuff. And Overwatch is definitely not available on Mac. So um, they all have PlayStation 4s. So we just all hop on and play on PS4. We have a great time. And and our group is very, very queer, which is amazing. And we have, like, our one, like, obligatory straight guy. 
and he's, <laughs> and he's like he's like the sweetest guy. He's my roommate's um, one of my roommate's oldest friends. Really, really sweet guy. And yeah, and we just have this awesome rapport where we are just like open and loud and queer and just enjoying Overwatch. Like, so we always have a six deck, which is great. And we just roll up and just play competitive or we do um, no limits in arcade mode and mm-hmm. just, have a, just have a grand old time. It's great. It's really, really yeah. fun. And it's, it's interesting, too, because I think um, playing both. Um, and sorry, guys, I sound terrible because I'm getting over being sick. So sorry for all the gross, like, sniffles and throat clearing <laughs> sounds. Um, <clears throat> but, um, uh, but playing both heavily on PC and mm-hmm. PS4 um, at different times, obviously, um, I actually find it. It's almost more fun to me on console because I find that more heroes are viable. Yeah. Um, because the PC version is so much faster, it's it's much more punishing. Yeah. So I think to, I think to um, the skill ceiling is so much higher on PC. Mm-hmm. So I think to be able to play in a match and be effective as a character on PC, you have to be like really really good with that character, yeah. or you get punished and you get punished hard, and it yeah. makes it not fun to play as someone you're not good with. Mm-hmm. Whereas on console. I think there's a little bit more leeway to make mistakes and to not be the best uh, May or the best Reaper or whatever um, and still be effective and still help the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find that like on PC, my, my hero pool was very small and mm-hmm. on console, I play with almost everyone. There's definitely people I favor like diva for sure is my main. Yep. Um, and like if I'm going to diva and soldier and Farah and Symmetra are probably like my heaviest played characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the team needs a different comp, I can very easily pick someone. Like, if we really need a Ryan and no one's being Ryan, or we really need a Lucio or a Mercy and no one's being those characters, I can pick them and feel really competent with them. Yep. Um, and that's not the case, I think, on, or for me at least, it wasn't the case on PC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I completely agree with you. Like, I found myself playing a lot of the characters now, and I think in general, too, like, that's what I feel about Overwatch is that I. And playing characters that I never thought that I would play. Like, anybody that knows me, like, they're going to see Diva. like, yep, that's the character that dude is going to pick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is true. Like, she's my main whenever I, whenever I can pick her. And, but over playing, I'm like, well, what if I try out this character? Or what if I try out this other person? Like, getting to experiment and try different things. Like, I found myself playing heroes that I never thought that I would. And kind of really understanding what my role is when I'm playing these kind of like team-based shooting games. Um, I'm more, I think I do really well as like, as like a um, support or as like a defense character. Cause I, I like, even though I love like just going in guns a blazing, like I tend to overextend a lot when I do that. Same. And, and especially cause like all the characters that are DPS are pretty squishy. So it like, my desire to go in guns blazing does not match with how squishy like soldier and reaper and tracer and those characters are, you know, they're very squishy, but Mm -hmm. even though, um, mercy is super squishy. Uh, I, I find myself living a lot longer when I'm playing as mercy and I'm just like flying around, like trying to heal everybody. But I'm also not opposed to just like, busting out mercy's little gun and just like popping heads off real quick from from afar which is awesome um and i've had a couple of friends watch me play and they're like you're really good at this game and i'm like i didn't think that i would be good at a shooter i've never been one that's been into them and this one has definitely been like it's been the thing that kind of got me into first person shooters but i don't really find my, find myself playing 
anything else unless it's as fun and like colorful and bright as Overwatch. <laughs> well, I think I think like Overwatch, uh, Over, Overwatch, Overwatch. Um, they invested so heavily in lore and characters, mm-hmm. which you know um, most FPSs don't, or if they do, it's incredibly um, dense and usually like like I know like. <clears throat> I'll probably get shit for this. Like, Halo has a really, really intense and dense lore. Yeah. Um, but it's, for the most part, like, kind of pretty average sci-fi fare. Mm. Um, and, and I'd say frequently tropey. Um, even, like, Destiny. I love Destiny. Mm-hmm. And I think there's really cool stuff in the lore. But that door is extremely dense. Um, mm. Overwatch's lore is very, very simple, but very, very gratifying. It reminds me of just good comic book making. Yeah. Um, where everyone has a very simple story that tells you who they are and what their motivations are. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to know them for the game, but uh, it definitely, if you do know it, it colors the game and the way people have voice lines where they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, I actually almost wish, it's probably harder for them to implement, but the way that you have voice lines together um when you're waiting for matches to start. Yeah. I almost wish, wish that they had voice packs that were during battle so that there is more, um, there is more like sort of your characters rooting for each other when yeah. you do good shit. Like if someone's getting, you know, double kills or stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe some characters say like, uh, like support each other and say cool stuff. Also, cause I think that would, would, um, sort of <clears throat> encourage that and the, the players themselves too. Yeah. Um, and also I think there's like place, there's places there for comedy. Um, mm-hmm. when you have, uh, obvious antagonistic characters like, uh, Tracer and Widow, mm-hmm. um, to like have to have them like sort of begrudgingly like compliment each other, yeah. uh, which I think is really funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like the, I think that's why it's appealing to, um, not just like gamer dudes. You have so many women playing and, and mm-hmm. everyone playing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Less, less this entire podcast be Overwatch. I'm going to ask the most important question before I move on from Overwatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your current... Because for me, it changes all the time. What's your current favorite ship of, of characters in Overwatch? Oh, so it's always going to be Thar and Mercy. Like, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. It's, it's like the ship that I saw first, and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, this is, this is good. This is, this is what's supposed to happen. <laughs> Um, but I guess, what else have I seen? And I was like, I saw, I'm trying to remember, there was a, there was a pairing that I saw and I was like, I never thought about this. I can dig it. I'm into it. Um, I uh, think it was uh, Zarya and May, which was, oh yeah. I was like, I never would have, I'm into, I'm into that. I was like, no, that's, yeah. that's cute. Size yeah, difference is good. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Spider Bite I saw recently, which is Widowmaker and Sombra, and that's really cute. Ooh. Um, but I have to say my favorite right now, and I had I literally had no idea I wanted this until I saw some good fan art, is Diva Mercy. Really? And, uh, yes. And like I saw like one fan art of Diva Mercy, and I was like, wait, why is this so good and cute? And then I realized there's like a decent amount of it. And I got in a fucking rabbit hole of just like, <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I don't know what their ship name is. Like, I don't, I have to look it up, but, um, yeah. but fuck me, man. That's a really cute ship for some reason. I'll have to um, check that out. It's very, there's a lot of really good art for it. Awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, DJ, uh, so something really big happened in oh. our, our absence. And yeah. I, I, I think we're going to have some opposing views on this. Mm-hmm. So I figured we should oh. talk about it. Sure, sure. Uh, the Nintendo Switch was revealed. Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna straight away disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Um, I have 
two pre-ordered already. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got one for Aaron and one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have three different copies of Zelda pre-ordered already. <laughs> I, I got lucky and got a hold of a Master Edition. And then nice. I have a nice. Special Edition and a Normal Edition. Um, uh, for, for Master Edition for Aaron. And then a Special Edition for my other roommate, Aaron. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just need the Normal one. I don't need the extra stuff. Yeah. Um, so... Despite that, my feelings about it are pretty mixed so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know it's a Nintendo box, and I'm going to want to play Zelda and other stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'm getting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I was curious. I want to hear, hear your take on, uh, on the whole, on what we know of so far, what we've seen. Um, so from what we know about it, I think that it's, it's definitely a new vertical for them. Um, because they haven't done anything like this before, and I think this this is um, more proof of concept of what they wanted the Wii U to actually be. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that like the Wii U was a necessary step for us to get to this, and I'm I love the Wii U. I think it's great. I've I've had a, I'm looking at my collection of games, which is like every game that's on the console, <laughs> um, and like. And I'm looking at all these games, and I'm like, everything here is really fun. I like everything that, I, that I'm seeing that I have on my shelf right now. Everything is really fun. But I understand why so many people are very like cautious about it, and why people are very have their reservations about it and, and all that stuff. So like, I get it. I'm, I feel like, in general, like gamers are very like cynical. And I'm not saying that I can't be cynical, like, as well, because I definitely can be, and I definitely am at, at most of the time. But, like, whenever something new comes out, like a new piece of hardware from a manufacturer that makes game consoles, so whether it's Sony or uh, Microsoft or Nintendo, um, I try to go in with open arms, because, like, I have an Xbox One. Like, I wanted to give it its fair shot, and I don't use it. I don't play mine. Um, there's just nothing that appeals to me that's on that system. Um, but I didn't want to like say like, oh, well, like the Xbox one sucks without actually like having, giving it like a fair shot. Like I bought it the, the, the Christmas that it came out, I got the connect and, you know, and all that stuff. And I gave the voice commands a shot, the Xbox on bullshit and everything. And, you know, when it, you know, when it wanted to work, it was great, but when it didn't, it, it, it didn't, but, um, I'm, I'm always, like, everybody knows this about me, that like, I'm, like, a huge, like, Nintendo guy. I've always have been. That was what got me into games to begin with. I got an NES when I was five. So I've always had, like, a more, like, a, a super huge attachment to Nintendo. But as I've gotten older, I have a big, I have just as big of an attachment to Sony as well, because, like, the PlayStation mm-hmm. is incredible. Um, I am really optimistic about Switch. I think that... Um, they are doing all of the things that I wish they would have done on Wii U in terms of its branding and marketing. Um, and if you've noticed with all the branding and marketing for Switch that there is, like, not a kid present no, in, at all. in any of the marketing. It's all and fancy it, millennials with yeah, nice apartments. Yeah, it's all, How do you afford that? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's millennials living in really big-ass apartments, and I'm like, where is this? This must be in the middle of Nebraska or something. Yeah, like, that is in the middle of New York City. They're, like, on a rooftop. And I'm like, what? Who are you? Yeah, like, what who are you? Are you? It's like, what rooftop parties are you going to? To where like, you have... I'm to a hedge fund have... manager that loves Zelda. Like, I don't know what's, like, what's going <laughs> yeah, on. Seriously. Um, but, uh, yeah, because it's kind of... Their, their um, marketing campaign for it reminds me a lot of uh, 
the life of PlayStation, um, uh, the li- like the kind of lifestyle campaign that Sony did for the the PlayStation Four and the Vita, um, showing like how they connect together and all that stuff. Um, it reminds me of that, but I feel like with at least the Nintendo Switch is a little bit more achievable since the console is in and of itself also a portable too. Which for me, that's kind of what that's what that's obviously what sets it apart, right? It's like it's both a home console and then it's also a portable at the same time. So you're not having to like leave that gameplay experience no matter what. Like you can be at home and then you're playing Zelda and then you're like, oh well I'm, you know, going on a trip with some friends. I can take Zelda with me and mm-hmm. I can keep going. So like that in and of itself for me, like I'm excited about that. Where I have concern, which is pretty much the concern that every Nintendo fan has had since the GameCube and well, since N64, I should even say, is third-party support. So even though I don't necessarily go to Nintendo systems for third-party games, but I think it is important for for the consumer, for the average consumer, that is like, there's a new game console. This sounds pretty neat, but is there anything for me on this? Yeah, and I I mean, yeah, I so I'm I'm I think I'm probably. A little bit more skeptical than you, um, mm-hmm. but not completely. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it, they made they made hardware wise. They made like what I've always wanted, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that I can <clears throat> excuse me, uh, something that is I, I can sit down and play on the couch. But then mm-hmm. um, if I want to go take it into bed or, or somewhere else around the house, or if I want to like sit on my patio and play, if it's nice outside, um, that's great. And like uh, you know, taking it on the go uh, is also as far as like. Um, I do travel enough to like cons and stuff that it's cool Mm -hmm. that I can like bring, that'll be amazing that I can, you know, after a day at the artist alley or whatever else, I can Mm -hmm. get in my hotel room and play, not just play games on my switch, but play with other people who have switches or Mm -hmm. play a game that we can both play on one switch, like Mario Kart or something. Yeah. That's huge and amazing. Um, I drive everywhere in Atlanta and I'm always, I'm always, always, almost always a person driving. So I don't necessarily, I don't get a lot of use out of my handhelds usually. Um, cause I just don't have opportunities where I'm like on a train or, mm-hmm. or doing something else where I can't just play a console. Yeah. Um, so hardware wise, it's, it's exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care about the graphics being like a little bit better than a Wii U, I guess yeah. is sort of what they're, they're saying right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do, uh, I've gotten to a place where like really amazing graphics are great. And I do see games sometimes where I'm like, it's breathtaking. It's really, really cool. But yeah. art direction to me is now so much more important than it is. actual power. Like um, nothing about Breath of the Wild. I don't see that game and go like, eh, like I can see the pixels. You know, it's not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not upsetting. Like that game is so beautifully um, uh, put together that, that <clears throat> like, that's what I care about. Right. Um, that's why games like Wind Waker still hold up really well because the art mm-hmm. direction was so good. Yep. Um, that's why I don't care about like I would love when I play Overwatch on my PS4. Sometimes there's things about it where I'm like, God, I wish like these little details that I can see on PC were there. But mm-hmm. it doesn't like diminish playing the game because it's colorful and fun and not photorealistic. Yep. Um, I think my biggest concerns right now with with the launch uh, of of the Switch mm-hmm. is um, I do think the price is a little high um, because just like looking at comparable hardware, like not that, and again, it's, it's the value of having a Nintendo machine. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, um, Nvidia is like tablet thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's more powerful, has better battery life and is like cheaper. Um, <laughs> and so when I look at like hardware next to each other, 
you know, and I know that more goes into like R and D for for Nintendo and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit hard for me to see that three hundred dollar price point, which isn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at them just competitively on the market, um, mm-hmm. you're going to have people going to look for stuff uh, on shelves, and they're going to see a PS4 and an Xbox One or a PS4 Pro, mm-hmm. um, roughly you know at the same price as mm-hmm. a Switch. And then they're going to see, like, oh, here's all of these huge games I've heard about, like, as a mainstream gamer, mm-hmm. um, and Call of Duty and um, Madden and everything else mm-hmm. that I can play if I get this. And if I don't, and if I get a Switch instead, which is, like, as much money, if not more, mm-hmm. like, those games aren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am worried about that hurting them over time, sales-wise. And it kind of ties into the third-party stuff you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I, I still don't know if it's going to sell, like, crazy. Um I think it'll do better than the Wii U because they're more effectively communicating what the system does and what makes it yep. unique. Yep. Um, and it's just like it's like Nintendo's always been. I think they will never... I don't think it'll be um, the console that sells a billion consoles. It's not going to be a Wii again. Because mm-hmm. um, I still don't know if it has the immediate appeal of the Wii. That was mm-hmm. like, your grandma can play this. She just you know, put a remote in her hand and she knows how to bowl, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and they're not really... They're not showing that. They have the one two switch game, but it's not a pack in, first of all. Yeah. And um they're not marketing it as heavily as they like marketed how the Wii worked. Yep. Um so I don't know if it's gonna have that sort of penetration in the market. Mm-hmm. Um I am very, very excited for it. I mm-hmm. was just sort of surprised at it being at three instead of two fifty. Mm-hmm. And then uh what really surprises me the most is that the accessories are so expensive. Yeah, the accessories are, I'm like, this is a little crazy. The prices of the accessories are a little crazy. That makes me believe that they're losing money on the console somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why they would make the controllers, because it's like 80 bucks for a, like a pack of Switches, like the two left and right controller. Yeah, the Joy-Cons. Other, yeah, the Joy-Cons are, mm-hmm. are, Joy-Con packs are 80. A single Joy-Con uh, is 50. The Pro Controller is like 70? Which is mm-hmm. like ten bucks more than a normal controller uh, for like, yeah. other things. Other systems, um, yeah. The pack in like Joy-Con uh, like uh, mold controller thing mm-hmm. isn't the charge one, mm-hmm. um, which is also weird to me. Like, mm-hmm. there's just all these things that they're doing accessory wise that leads me to believe that somehow they're losing money um, on the actual console, which mm-hmm. would be weird because the tech in the console is pretty old. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know what that's about. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know either. It, it is a little weird to me. The accessories pricing is a little like, whoa, <laughs> like it. That was the thing that kind of threw me off the most about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. So, like, here's the thing. Like, so many people for such a long time were like, oh, like the Wii is so casual, and like this is so casual, and this it's a like casual, 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 casual. And then now with the Switch, it's like, oh, well, it's not really targeted towards a casual. The, like the casual audience that the Wii and the Wii U had, it's mm-hmm. targeted more towards people that are our age that are, you know, in their mid to later twenties and going into their thirties. And, and then it's weird because people are now like, Oh, but like, what about this? It's like, but weren't you just complaining about, <laughs> about like it being super casual before? So like, it's like, and that, I mean, and I also think too, that just kind of just goes back to the fact that the consumer at the end of the day doesn't exactly know what they want. Mm-hmm. And I think they're kind of going into this market with a new vertical, with like a new like way to play, seeing how this will penetrate the market and see how this will 
how this will fare. Yeah, I don't think it's going to have the same... It, it, I don't think they're targeting the same audience that they were targeting with the Wii and the Wii U. With, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, I don't think they're trying to target them at all. I do think that there is a huge market of people that will buy it that like the flexibility of the platform being like, oh, I can take, I can play it at home and I can take it with me. I think that in and of itself, from at least for me as a consumer, I'm like, oh, I, I don't have to sacrifice, you know, anything, any experience that I have on a, on a Nintendo Switch game at home versus when I'm on the go. Um, it's, it seems like a, it's, to me, it seems like a no brainer, but I understand that not everyone thinks of it the way that I do. Mm-hmm. So I get that, and I understand. I absolutely understand that the the trepidation, like behind, like oh, I don't know, like if I'm really convinced yet or not. But everybody that I know that has been able to um, go hands on with it, like not just people that are like social media influencers or whatever, but just like people that I know, like friends and people that just like video games, and they've gotten their hands on it. They're like, I'm actually really surprised. So, like, I'm, people have been coming away feeling really good about it, so that makes me happy about it. Um, and it's, yeah, like, it's really, it's, I'm, I'm always trying to err on the side of optimism when it comes mm. to stuff like this, um, just because I, wanna, I want things to penetrate the market and be successful, and I want, it, I want them to kind of have their, like, their kind of, like, their redemption story, like, with the, with the Switch, like, and it being just as, like, competitive not necessarily hardware like like hardware spec wise but just like in terms of penetration into the market like they can stand on their own and i think yeah, that they will yeah. and i think that they will and, and and i think i'm optimistic about it but i there's uh there there's definitely just some flags to me that are are um i'm 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 worried a little worried to see how they they end up um and that's mm-hmm. mainly like the accessory things is i think that just caught me off guard immediately yeah. to me the biggest thing that i saw was <clears throat> Launch lineup is a little bit weak, but most launch lineups are terrible. But yeah. to negate that launch lineup being weak, it has Zelda, so it doesn't kind of—it almost doesn't matter. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone's gonna buy Zelda; they're buying it for Zelda. Right. Um, if that launch lineup didn't have Zelda in it, I think they'd be mm-hmm. in trouble. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think you would have seen the pre-order numbers go crazy like they did. No, absolutely not. So it was yeah. smart of them to, to you know to have that as a launch title. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're gonna need to really maintain a heavy flow mm-hmm. of. Uh, known first-party Nintendo franchise games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they actually did a bad job of that on the Wii U, as far as yeah, consistently having big first-party Mario, Zelda, etc. Absolutely. Um, no Metroid. Don't. I'll, I'm not going to start about Metroid though. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so so salty about Metroid all the time. Yeah. Um, but uh, <clears throat> what, what does worry me is that their online infrastructure that they desperately need to have a good one of um, is. It's in beta until fall. It's going to be there, but it's in beta until fall, um, which is, uh, to me at this point in 2017 with modern consoles, your network experience and infrastructure for how you can buy games, mm-hmm. um, subscribe to things, uh, 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 you know, find friends, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> do party chat is also integral and almost as important to the console as the console itself. Yeah. And I'm worried that they're way behind schedule on that, and it's not going to mm-hmm. be fully baked. And there's even some weird things like um, there's going to be like I guess a uh, voice chat won't be actually handled through the Switch itself. Supposedly, it's going to be an app on your phone, mm-hmm. um, which to a degree makes some sense as far as like people have cell phones and apps and 
um, people know how to use that interface really well. Mm -hmm. But I'm like curious about, um, does that mean that party chat means I'm only going to have my chat audio through a, I have to have my phone on me, B, it has to be charged. And if mm -hmm. it's not like I have to, I have to like make sure it's being charged next to me. Um, mm -hmm. if I'm, if you're using a new iPhone, you're going to have to have some weird splitter thing to charge it and also listen to party chat at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Headphone jack. Mm -hmm. Um, and will I be able to, is it just gonna be my voice chat? Is it like using Skype on my phone or something? Mm -hmm. Or is it going to be able to pipe the game audio somehow? Because sometimes if I'm playing late at night, mm -hmm. I have everything on my, like I actually always have everything in my headphones. I have mm -hmm. game mm -hmm. and chat audio there. Yeah. Um, and so the, the idea that they're, they're, that's weird to me that they're not just going to yeah. have chat. Um, the fact that whenever they come out with their subscription model for um, online play, that we're going to get <clears throat> a free Nintendo game for the month, but then we don't keep it. Like yeah, which year. is weird. Which is weird. I understand it because I think there's inherently, um, and not monetarily, but like psychologically, there's more value in the virtual console catalog than probably mm -hmm. anything. Like, yeah. PlayStation Plus and Xbox uh, Gold, like, I get games from them, and I would say, like, once every three months, is there a game where I'm like, oh, shit, I'm so happy to have this for free, and I'm going to play it all the way through. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, it's, oh, I'm going to play this game for 20 minutes or an hour, and be like, oh, that's kind of a cool indie game, or, yeah. like, an interesting AAA that I missed two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, whereas having, I mean, like, any major Nintendo, Super Nintendo title, or Nintendo title, yeah. Um, that's like, oh, fuck, I get this. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I get them, I think, not wanting to um, take away value yeah. from those things. Uh, and frankly, like, you know, if you can probably play through a game in a month, a Nintendo mm -hmm. game for sure, like a VC yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not super upset about it. It just, again, consumers looking at that stuff. It's if weird. It with it's PlayStation, weird. all this value that I get, whether or not it's actual mm -hmm. value, you're getting mm -hmm. through shit every month. Yeah, Nintendo gives you that free thing and then takes it away. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a weird vertical. Um, I do. So I was looking at more of the hardware specifications for the Switch again, and it does have. Uh, it does show when it shows like the audio, like the headphone jack. It's like oh, for for voice chat and headphones and whatever, whatever. So it has that stuff built into the system. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that that probably isn't baked into the system yet. And I think it's like hot it in fall maybe or something. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was easier for them to go through a smartphone app to kind of do that first and then kind of see like how it makes sense. Because for instance, like I actually use the PlayStation app a lot, but it's really fucking slow. Oh, it's bad. It's not it's, good. It's terrible. So if they get the app right on mobile devices first, because whenever I'm out with friends and I'm like, oh, like let's play. I'm like, whenever if I meet someone new, at like a gaming event or something. I'm like, oh, well, let's play Overwatch together. I'm like, oh, yeah, give me your thing and I'll add you right now and we'll play. But like, it takes me 15 minutes to like get to the point to where I can even like, like, well, not necessarily 15 minutes, but it takes at least like three or four minutes for like the thing to even load up and then try to enter the name in and search and find an ad and all that stuff. If they can get it right on mobile and then all you have to do is kind of take that architecture and put it into the system, if that, me if that makes it that, if that, method behind doing it on mobile first and then putting it into the system makes for a better more like streamlined like user experience mm -hmm. uh, let's say in the fall sure i'll go through the awkward phase of it i guess but i don't know but it, it does it's it's weird no matter what like it's weird that it's going to a smartphone first and not through the system first 
it's it's um, concerning. It makes me it yeah. makes me think that the switch was potentially in some fashion rushed, um, mm-hmm. and that's all. Like it might come out and be amazing and everything be perfect, and I might use uh, voice chat on a smartphone and be like, oh, this is mm-hmm. what I wanted. It'll it'll be j- just like Mercy and Diva uh, <laughs> fan art. Yeah. I'll be like, I didn't know I wanted this, and now I want it all the time. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it is it's it's weird though because I know like Reggie specifically when asked about um, the voice chat stuff said that like they're going to do it through smartphone. Now, that doesn't mean that, like he specifically says, like instead of having a bulky gamer headset, you can do it right off your smartphone, put it uh, in your earbuds that you use for your standard mobile device. I think it's a pretty sweet solution. Um, <clears throat> and so like, if that's an option, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's also weird is there's third party, like PDP has uh, a headset that's for the Nintendo Switch for voice chat stuff. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to hope that it's somehow, like, going to work both ways. It's I think that it will. Reggie would have not said that and just talked about the smartphone thing. Right. Um, and also, the, like, it raises the question, you know, if you're going to use um, chat on your smartphone, you know, then why not potentially just use Discord or, or yeah. something else? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, there's just a lot of weird shit happening with it mm-hmm. that, that, to me raises some concern i'm still gonna play zelda and love zelda and hopefully a metroid game and mario and everything else and it's still gonna be experiences that you can't get on another console and they're gonna be more colorful and imaginative and all around just like probably some of the best games i'll play in the next couple years because that's what nintendo does right um i just wish that uh they did it without doing things that felt so anti-consumer or just like fucking weird yeah yeah that's all i want nintendo just like you don't even have to have like the same graphical parody with other stuff. Uh, just just do shit that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, and I th- and I think those are very fair concerns. Um, yeah, I don't think that our our views on it are very, are too different. Um, I'm always just like I kind of err always on the side of being a little bit more optimistic rather You're than more a positive person than me. I, for try, sure. I, I try I try to be. Yeah. I definitely try to be. Um, but yeah, but I think that all of your concerns are very fair and very valid. And I think when you compare, when you do research and development, like when you look at what else is available in the market, how does that fit in? Where is there a gap? How do we, one, stay in line with what's in the market, but also what's our point of parity? Like what's the point of parity? And then what's the point of, what's the point of difference? Mm-hmm. So it's it's that conversation. It's like where do you what's going to make us stand out in the sea of other things how do we stand out and how do we get people to to buy into us well for one it's nintendo so you got zelda you got your marios or whatever like it's it's the box that has zelda mario and mario on it so people are going to buy that box no matter what Mm -hmm. So so, so there's already that but it's like oh well like i can take this on the go with me that's really cool but it's i don't lose you know like like, like I've said before, you, you don't lose that experience going from home or going to um, portable mode. So um, I'm definitely interested. I'm hype. I can't wait. We're like a little more than like a month away from it, which is crazy. Like, we're like, what, six weeks? Like five or six weeks? Yeah, I'm so fucked. I have to finish uh, Final Fantasy and yeah. then Resident Evil 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sitting on my desk right now. And like... I have to finish so many more, so many games before Zelda comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. Nowhere near it, and then Overwatch will just get in the way every time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so I'm very worried. But yeah, no, we're so close to it. It's it's gonna be um, 
it's interesting. It's uh, I will be sad if Nintendo ever stops making hardware because I think they do interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, but all of those concerns also kind of fall in line with me. I wouldn't be too upset if they were like, mm-hmm. hey, we're just going to be a software company and we're just going to focus on making the best games. Um, and you're going to be able to play them on whatever console you want to. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be super upset with that because I think it would just it just puts really, really good, amazing quality work in the hands of more people. Um, but that said, you know, the Switch is going to be hardware wise. It's really cool. And I don't think Sony or Microsoft were going to do that anytime soon at all ever because they're basically starting to build PCs at this point. Yep. Yep. So I'm excited. Yeah. Can we talk about how shitty this season of anime is? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that the season has actually been really, really shitty. I've There's heard... nothing to watch. There's nothing. Yeah. No- yeah. Nothing at all. If you try to get up, like, don't at me. But if you do at me, trying to tell me there's shit to watch, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's like, okay, there's like, two, okay, here's what, here's what there is to watch. Little Witch Academia, but you can't watch it legally in the States. Yeah. Because Netflix does that thing where um, I think it's going to be two seasons. And so Netflix is not going to put it on American Netflix. It's on Japanese Netflix. It's actually simulcasted on Japanese Netflix. Mm-hmm. They won't put it on American Netflix until all of the first season's done. And then they'll put it all up there so you can binge watch it. And then they'll do the same thing. They did this with a Kuro Mukuro, which was a pretty good um, kind of like silly mech anime from a season or two ago. Mm-hmm. They got the rights to it. And I was able to watch all the first half of the season, and then I couldn't watch the rest of it um, unless I wanted to do so illegally. Mm-hmm. Um, so Little Witch Academia is um, really, really, really good. Yeah. Uh, which I am watching in ways that are potentially not illegal, <laughs> or potentially yeah. legal, rather. Um, which I feel conflicted about, and I think that that's also there's a big sort of... Um, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter uh, talking about conflicting views about, about it. Yeah. Um, like, actually, Nick Robinson had a really interesting yeah. thread about it. Mm-hmm. He did. He did. And he's, like, he's, he knows his shit about the industry with anime stuff. Yeah. Um, and I kind of fall in his camp where I'm like, listen, I will, when it comes out on Netflix, I'll stream it, like, again, whether or not I'm actively sitting there and watching it. Like, I'll do it so it gets that people are watching it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to, if you are making it so I can't, I literally can't watch it right. at all until this date, but everyone in Japan can, and there's spoilers on my dash because other people are watching it legally. I'm not going to wait. Right. Um, I'm not going to hurt the industry because I don't want to do that, but I'm going to watch it and I'm going to watch it again when it comes out. Cause it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's just as good as the shorts. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that's, there's people that disagree with that and I understand why they disagree with it. Um, cause it does set a like slippery slope precedent. Yeah. Um, but fuck, man, I want to watch my little witches. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think it's a learning experience for Netflix, too, when it's like, this is, it's like, you can't, like, you can't do this. Like, if a show is being simulcasted, especially when, when there's Funimation and Crunchyroll around, when mm-hmm. they are literally getting things that they immediately air in Japan, they are online 
for people to watch all over the world basically immediately and for them and for netflix to to take a show that's currently running in japan i think it just works against their best interest for getting people to kind of buy into it and to watch the sh- like it's like oh well you're you're making you're making me want to pirate this because i can't watch it when people in japan are watching it at the same time so like it's one thing when it's a production of an american show when it's like oh like we release all of our netflix original series all at once and then, and then you know, you can binge it. It makes sense for that stuff, but if, if the model is different overseas, we should follow suit with that so that it makes, so that everybody has that same experience. Well, because, like yeah, it's causing this issue. Yeah, and, and I think it's like, people consume anime differently. People consume fandom stuff differently. Now, yep. like, <clears throat> talk about fandom. So talk about like an American production, like Voltron, right? Yep, yep. Um, the difference there is that there's no way to watch Voltron until it comes out on Netflix. Right. So there's no spoilers going around. Like there's no way to get it. It's just there. Right. 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 Um, you can't do anything about it. Uh, when there's a bunch of ways to watch little witch, but just no legal ones in America. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I hope Netflix realizes that with the fact that every other place is doing simulcast with mm-hmm. anime, I know they love their binge model, but with anime, they gotta do simulcast. They have to. Yeah, like I, and the fact that Netflix Japan is doing it, but yeah. we're not doing it here. And maybe I don't know if Netflix Japan just doesn't do the binge thing. I don't know if they don't hold on, like don't air full seasons of their originals or, or something. Mm-hmm. If they do episode by episode, because maybe people don't binge Japan like they do in America. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's. Um, I think actually there was a Sailor B tweet that she was basically saying like it's it's what they're doing is bad for the industry and also bad for the viewer. Like, she didn't really come down, I think, necessarily on either side of the argument. Yeah. And given what she does for a living, like, it's, that's also difficult to do politically. Um, yeah. But, you know, it is. It's 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 not good for the consumer. It's also not good for the anime industry. Right, um, right. So they got to fix that. But that yeah. is, like, that's the one show. And then Mrs. Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, I think, is the other one. It's kind of like a sort of slightly etchy, sort of Yuri um, manga adaptation that Kiyoani's doing. And I think if anyone was doing it besides Kiwani, I wouldn't give a fuck about it, and I'd probably just not like it. Yeah. Um, but Kiwani's animation is so good, and yeah. they do such a good job of characterization and making you really like characters um, that it's like it's incredibly sweet and like heartwarming. Um, on top of like so many characters with just unnecessarily large titties, every Dragon Girl like titties out of control. Wow. Uh, but very very cute it's, it's it's a weird mix of like very heartwarming and then just like very trashy character designs <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i guess that i'm not missing out so me watching hunter hunter is a better use of my time this season i mean that's what i need to do from what i hear yeah so i've been i've been watching yeah hunter hunter I'm about like 33 episodes in and it's you know super shonen but Every time that I think it's gonna do like a super traditional like shonen thing, it doesn't, mm-hmm. and I love that. I've been consistently surprised watching Hunter Hunter. It is uh, so good, and it's a mad and a madhouse does the animation for it. Looks great, I'm sure. Then oh, it's it's consistently good. I'm like this show looks good all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like and I'm like, and when I saw that there was like over like a hundred episodes or something like that, um. I'm like, this show looks, has looked good consistently for the 30 episodes that I've watched. 
which is not normal which is not normal <laughs> it, it's um, really good it's really really good especially for a like a shonen series because for the most part even if they're done by a good studio um like shonen will look animation wise will look like okay passable and then if there's a fight scene it looks amazing and it's like breathtaking um yeah. like Naruto was definitely guilty of that where like oh, Naruto would look so so and then there'd be a fight scene that's like some of the best animation you'll see ever yep um <clears throat> yeah having really consistent animation is something that almost no studio does anymore for tv series because it costs too much money um kyoani is actually one of the few that i can think of yeah um, but it's also supposedly because their working conditions are, are way better than any other place in the entire industry um mm -hmm. like they don't have crazy rush issues like everyone else does <clears throat> oh man so this actually that brings me to a point uh that we definitely might have some disagreements about uh i understand why yuri on ice is anime of the year i get it i get the mm -hmm. impact Mm -hmm. that shit ain't anime of the year though <laughs> it was very good it's mm -hmm. not anime of the year good to me okay that's fair oh, okay well then i guess the conversation's <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay um i i think um it's it's the impact that yuri on ice had is why it won it might not necessarily be like the best anime like of the year mm -hmm. but i think the impact that it had, like, worldwide is why it got the award. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that same same thing where, um, it's, like, how I feel about Star Wars, where, like, which mm -hmm. is a weird thing to equate it to, but, like, Star Wars is, if you go back and watch the old films, um, I'm gonna get fucking hung for this, uh, they're not, <laughs> like, they're not amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, like, they're really fun movies, and I love them, they're very, like, near and dear to me. Mm -hmm. When they came out, they were, like, super amazing at that time, and I think really important. Yeah. But like they're they're schlocky. Like they're supposed to be pulpy fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um and I kind of feel that way with Yuri on Ice where it was like I think Yuri on Ice came out when there was a vacuum of good Fujoshi material. Mm -hmm. Um like the last thing we really had that was that was um Free. Yeah. But Free was like for the most part pretty goofy. Yeah. And never really gave us like intense emotional like connections between the characters that were gay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas Yuri on Ice really did that and did it a lot. Um, yeah. I'm still disappointed that they never really took it all away. Like, I really mm -hmm. wanted to see, like, a kiss, like a real kiss, not a yeah. Yeah. maybe implied kiss. Um, like, if we're going to have that gay representation in a series, yeah. Um, I want to really, really go all the way. Yeah. Just because, because yeah. to me, what you're doing is. And I get that there's politics involved in it, um, mm -hmm. but if you're gonna like tell me these characters love each other so much and heavily imply that it's romantic and and everything else, but you're not gonna show a gay kiss, it tells me that you think that whether you think that a gay kiss still shouldn't be shown uh, in a mm -hmm. series, or you're doing it because you think having a gay kiss in your series is going to hurt your series, yeah, like, it's going to hurt um, people being into it or whatever else, yeah. Um, so that's, and that happens in, in Yuri, um, uh, as much as it does in Yaoi, um, yeah. which sucks. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed it. I didn't yeah. like watch all of every episode because I think there was so much dancing around the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of episodes where there wasn't as much character development in relationship stuff as I wanted, there was more just like skating scenes. Yeah. Um, cause it was a sports anime. I get that. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, I, I understand why why people 
feel like it's anime of the year and why it got voted that way um, and why it resonated so well. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that it exists for all of those reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I just look at stuff like that to me, the character development stuff, um, or just like the intense drop off in animation quality in that series, mm-hmm. um, which again, it, incredibly ambitious and insane to have um, fully choreographed animated uh, four minute like ice skating routines almost every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, no studio is going to pull that off really well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, by the fourth episode, like the animation during the skating routines was all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah. And looked looked really bad. Um, that said, I still liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I just think that like, if you're going to have a, a crazy hard on for animation uh, in 2016 for a series, mm-hmm. uh, flip flappers was gorgeously animated like consistently i would say there was maybe a drop off in the past like the last episode or two i feel like there was a lot there i feel like the last two episodes of flip flappers like the animation definitely dropped off yeah because like i like because when you were here and um yeah so that's also what happened in like the in our little break ruben and i finally met in person finally it was moved to san francisco and it was awesome yeah it was super fun and then he introduced me to flip flappers there and, like, the first episode, of course, like, was breathtaking. And mm-hmm. and it was pretty consistent. The show was pretty consistent for the most part. But then, like, there was just some, like, weird choppy stuff happening, like, in, the, in some of the later episodes when it was really kind of, like, ramping up story-wise. Mm-hmm. But, like, overall, consistently, I thought it was really good. But I, I think that there were some drop-offs in, like, there were some, like, really weird choppy, like, like inconsistencies with the animation especially with like how they did that kind of like cross hatching thing within their eyes Mm -hmm. like how they like they would like stop doing that in some scenes and then other scenes it would be there and i'm like that really like it really bothers me because if you're going to commit to like a visual design cue like that it needs to be everywhere yeah and and it wasn't and it kept driving me crazy and uh but other than that i really really liked it um it took a minute for me to kind of understand more of the subtext behind flip flappers. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got it, I was like, Oh, okay. Like, yes, I get it. That and, show is so incredibly fucking gay. Yeah. Oh, it's super gay. It's like, really gay. It is. It is. Um, I think as like Yuri on ice is as like overtly gay in character interactions, mm-hmm. uh, like flip flappers is incredibly gay in every um, non-overt like interact like every mm-hmm. every scene uh, every like bit of imagery or or um, metaphor in that show mm-hmm. is like intensely it just reminds me of Utena in a lot of ways um, mm-hmm. um, like and I, I'm blanking on that creator's name but like all of his work um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> just like so you know, it's very gay it's very good yeah like I really I really enjoyed what I watched the flip flappers there were some things that like made me a little uncomfortable Mm-hmm. In, in flip flappers like sure. like that was like i mean this is like a little gross and i don't think that this is necessary to convey to convey the story like it doesn't have to be this yeah. like like it's the transformation sequence is what really bothered me and mm-hmm. it was it was a part where you like you know where it focuses on their butts when mm-hmm. they're put when like the skirts are flying on them or whatever and i'm like and the, that line, you know, the line that I'm talking about that they would draw when like, they would get the skirts and they would kind of like flutter up. Yeah, no, a little bit. Um, it did. Yeah. It did a thing. I'm going to try to describe it in the least like offensive sending way possible. Yeah, uh, uh, it did a thing that I think um, a lot of anime does when it's trying to be 
um, uh, titillating for sure. And it's just that like, uh, there's like, the vagina is like so big. Like there's like, there's like so much. I guess what would be like, uh, like so much like uh, detailed labia happening. I, I'm yeah. gonna, Frank, I, what, what I'll call it is what me and my girlfriend always call it when we see it, and we call it um, the pussy mound. Um, yeah. <laughs> because that's what they, and it's always like really, uh, like way pronounced. Yeah. Um, like you will see it usually from a behind shot, like of the, of the butt. Um, and yeah, flip flappers had a couple <clears throat> choices, which is weird because content wise, the series never really like narratively was yeah. in that titillation. It was like really a proper, um, a really proper consideration of like a Yuri relationship. Yep. between two girls and figuring out sexuality and figuring out what you want and really well done. And then on occasion there'd be these artistic choices that were purely for titillation and like in a trashy way, there's a character yeah. that um, gets introduced uh, in the last few episodes. Yeah. Who is like a hundred percent there to be lowly bait in a ridiculous costume that is like mad gross. Yeah. And then she proceeds to do nothing. As yeah. She was not necessary to the story in any way. Yeah. Um, like, it really feels like they're like, we need to have a Lily Bait character for all the otaku boys to go crazy about. But yeah. we don't really want to actually do anything with her. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it makes it so, um, it's hard for me to recommend it as a series. Yeah. Like, to anyone who isn't kind of used to all of that shit in anime already. Right. Because that shit's gross. Yeah. Um, that said, incredibly animated, beautiful backgrounds, and mm -hmm. uh, really good storytelling. Yeah, yeah, and and it's and I feel like I have this. I'm always conflicted um, when I want to like recommend animated people that don't watch anything that like that don't really watch it. Like I I I could recommend Yuri on Ice to somebody. Oh, I, for sure. I couldn't recommend Flip Flappers to people that don't watch anime already. Yeah, because they might they might watch it and be like, "Oh, you're into this shit. This is not okay." Right. <laughs> um, it's it's like highly problematic for sure. Yeah, and like and it's just how I can't recommend. Uh, kill a kill to people that don't watch anime. Yes. Like, yes. Like, I I loved Kill a Kill and what and like the metaphors that it had within Kill a Kill. I really really enjoyed that. But like, I cannot in good conscience recommend it to people that don't watch anime already. No, because because they'll they'll uh they'll think you're messed up. Like, there's just yeah. like, there's there's so much stuff in Kill a Kill that I had to. Um, and I hate that this happens so often in anime, but it does mm -hmm. where I have to go. Cool. This series is really good. It has a bunch of good stuff about it. There is this, this aspect of it. Um, and, and outside of like the ridiculous costumes, the thing that bothered me the most in Kill a Kill was the Ragio stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep, it was yep, not yep, necessary. Yep. That was not anime. okay. That was not you okay. Can, you can show, um, you can show power imbalances in relationships and abuse in different ways. Um, they yeah. could have even had the same, that same thing in there narratively, but not, like sexualized it to make it yeah. which is fun. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, but, uh, I really love that trash fire of a series because mm -hmm. it's fun and ridiculous fun. Yep. and there's a lot of good stuff in it too. Yeah. Um, it's upsetting that that's like a bargain you have to make so frequently with anime. Mm -hmm. Um, something I can recommend to anyone and maybe would be my anime of the year last year is erased. So that erased won every other category that Yuri Ice wasn't in. Good because it, it was amazing. That was so. Th those are the two. Those were the two. It was Yuri on Ice and Erased. Like those two. Those two shows swept every category that they were in. Like Yuri on Ice is just. I'm uh, not sorry. Erased. <laughs> just mixing it, together. Um, 
Yeah, Erased is if, if, if who hasn't watched it, um, God, I'm not going to spoil weird. anything because the I had no idea what it was about at all. Um, yeah. So the reveal at the end of the first episode, I literally was like, I think out loud, I went, "Oh shit!" Because I was like, "This is like so like I'm a, so on board now." Yeah. Um, all I'll tell you is that it is a it's a murder mystery basically, mm-hmm. and though the way they do it narratively and how it works is one of the coolest, like most mm-hmm. unique ideas to, to frame a murder mystery around. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just really good. It is it's so good. I, so. I would recommend it to people the same way I recommend like Cowboy Bebop to people. Yep. Cause yep. you can just, um, you can make that a live action, like American production mm-hmm. and it would be like an HBO miniseries or something. It, it would be amazing. It'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and what's funny is that um, that was the... So like my boyfriend likes anime, but he doesn't really consume it nearly as much as you or I. So, um, so he's of course, he's seen like Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, the stuff that was like on television, he's seen that stuff. But like he, he is not like in the fucking trenches like you and I, like you and I are. And, in, in the anime wars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I, the first thing that we watched together all the way through was Erased. And he was like, holy shit. Like, he absolutely loved it. He thought it was amazing. He was like, why don't we, like, have, like, like why doesn't the U.S. do animation like this? It's like, they just do all live action stuff, which there's a ton of really good live action shows that we have in the U.S. And mm-hmm. they're very, very good. But if you want to see some good shit, some good animated shit that isn't just, like, geared towards kids, you gotta, you know, gotta get in this anime shit. You gotta yeah. get in that. That's because yeah. America doesn't think that you can use animation, like, yeah. it has to be for comedy or for kids. Like, you can't yep. make it serious. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I don't know if that'll ever change, which is sad. I'm sure yeah. there's some studios that would do, you know, dope stuff. And, and we have, we have things like Voltron and Korra, um, which I think are pretty, like, kid-adjacent, but they mm-hmm. tackle adult concepts. Um, mm-hmm. And narratively, they're just as rich as any, like, I think, more adult-oriented series. Mm-hmm. Um, like, fuck, the, like, the, the whole, the whole, I forget sometimes how perfect and beautiful, like, the last season of Korra is. And yeah. we finally got a fucking uh, bisexual character. Yeah. Um, and it, like, and it was, like, it wasn't, like, oh, she's, she's gay now. No, it's, like, no, she's bisexual. Like, just, yeah. just like, beautiful relationships and good animation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget how mm-hmm. fucking good that series is sometimes. It's, it's really, really good. I've been meaning to, I've been wanting to go back and watch, like, Avatar The Last Airbender, watch that over again. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's, it's so solid. But, like, I, I loved uh, Korra so much. I loved that series so much season two was so bad like yeah. i it was so bad but it was necessary to like establish what's what what we got from season three and four mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I agree. which yeah it was great mm. yeah um so i guess i guess i'll kind of walk it back some if you have an anime suggestion you really want for me this season you can at me um, <laughs> but here's here's what i'm gonna say uh if you suggest a thing that I haven't watched this season, because I've watched like a couple episodes of things and it's been like, no, this isn't that good. If you suggest it and I watch it and I love about it, I'll talk about it on the next episode and I'll give you some props. Um, if I watch it and it's trash, I'm going to drag you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say you're at, <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to be like, this is trash. This is bad. Like I'm this sorry. is real, real bad. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to like, like walk back, like, a little bit because I wanted to I wanted to let you say what you wanted to say but I didn't want to like interrupt your train of thought 
Um, can you kind of go back and explain what Fujoshi is for so the people that don't know that are listening to this? Oh, shit. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so, like, um, this is, like, a whole d- different topic almost related to the, the Uranai stuff that was contentious. Mm-hmm. So, like, Fujoshi, yeah. um, like, Japanese term-wise, Fujoshi, like, I think literally means, like, gross woman or disgusting woman, but it's it's frequently used slang-wise um, for, like, uh, a really nerdy woman who, uh, it, we use it casually in the States, um, to just be like, if you're a nerdy chick, especially if you're really into anime, and I think uh, e- even farther, like, um, if you're into yaoi, you'll get labeled with Fujoshi, like, right away. Um, so, like, actually, uh, my group chat for the house I live in, because I live with four girls, um, we call it Fujoshi House, because that's what it is. <laughs> like, yeah. Every girl in here is a is a uh, an amazing, wonderful, talented person, and they're also all huge trash boats. Um, <laughs> like they just like trashy shit, um, and I do too. Um, <clears throat> so when I talk about the Fujoshi, um, sort of uh, um, the Fujoshi uh, audience needing something, free fulfilled that because it was a bunch of pretty boys um, with their shirts off, and uh, there was definitely lots of like sexual gaze at them, which is something that we don't yeah. get for men in anime. Usually we get it only for yeah. women, uh, mm-hmm. that sort of male gaze. Um, and, uh, Yuri on ice, I think fulfilled a more emotional want for that. Um, yeah. by having two characters that like, we had some shots that were like that. Um, uh, but especially Victor. Um, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it was like two men being unabashedly in love with each other. Um, yeah. and expressing it too. Which I think is really beautiful about that series is that um, I, I, I think that series is to me 100% gay. If you wanted mm-hmm. to argue that they love each other in a non-romantic way, I don't think that's what was intended by it. Right. But the positive, even if you believe that, um, what that means is that it's a hetero relationship that has like no toxic masculinity, which is also right. incredibly important and necessary. And it's what makes like Final Fantasy 15 so good. Mm-hmm. Um, is that they're they're comfortable expressing uh, that love, um, yeah, whether gay or not, uh, obviously yeah. gay, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. So that that's Fujoshi is like yeah, it's like the same way we tend to like talk about people people being otaku's. It's just a gendered term for it, sort of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, um, yeah. It's yeah. I I came away from that show like I didn't finish all of free because I'm like oh this I'm like. I'm like, I get what this is. Like, I, I get what this is doing. And I think I've seen enough of it to where I'm fulfilled. Like, for my, my need for, like, the, like the, the reverse version of, like, the male gaze against a woman. We get to see that for guys for once. I'm like, that's okay. I'm good. I'm good. But, like, what I really want to see is some, like, thick-ass bara shit with that male gaze. With, like, that, with that gaze shit. I want that. That's what I yeah. want to see. Yes, That's what I really want to see. I don't need all tiny swim boys. I mean, yeah. they're good swim boys, and I like them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, and a couple of them are really, really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, like, I want, I want some like some gladios, you know, some big mm-hmm. boys. Yeah. Um, I guess. Well, actually, the, before before I guess we stopped the anime thing, um, just because we were talking about really good shit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Hibike Sound Euphonium, which was the Kyoani series they were working on before. Um, Miss Kobayashi's Maid Dragon that's currently airing. Mm-hmm. Um, that show's good as hell. And also a little gay. Um, <laughs> like, it is It is just about a, like, concert band in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all character drama stuff. 
Um, but it's so like refreshingly sweet and earnest and honest and not really too goofy. Um, just like really, really, really good characters and character interactions. And it's, um, it's two seasons and that's one of my favorites from last year for sure. Also probably one of the most gorgeous, like animated, um, TV shows I've ever seen. Yeah. And they don't do like a lot. It's not a big action series, right? It's about a concert band. Um, but they take such care with every like little bit of animation in it um, mm-hmm. that it's just consistently incredibly beautiful, um, and uh, and it's a little it's a little gay. Um, like you can you can definitely I think um, you can definitely assume that some of the characters are are like some sexuality somewhere on the spectrum of like bisexual or whatnot based on yeah. interactions, um, and they're very very cute uh, interactions. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's like really, really, really good. If you just want a nice, like, chill show to watch, I'm into it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's on my, that's in my queue of things to watch. Is uh, the Sound Euphorium? So I've been meaning to to get into that, and I think I will very, very soon. Get season into one's that. good. Season mm-hmm. two starts a little bit slow, but the second, mm-hmm. like, the back end of season two is just like is so good. There's just so many moments where like. Well, like both Aaron and I were like tearing up on the couch. We were like, "Oh, this character is so good. <laughs> They're so sweet." Uh, <laughs> it was just really good. Yeah. Uh, TJ, do we have anything else for um, for our peoples before we go? Um, I don't think that we do. But um, I'm happy to be back to be doing this again. This has been so much fun to sit and chat with you again and record and make some awesome podcast magic with you again. It's been good. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, uh, this episode was a little bit more, I think, um, uh, us just talking about uh, stuff we're consuming and a little bit less of our, our usual fuck-arounds. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we're catching up on so much stuff. Uh, yeah. So, so expect more of our, our uh, stupid, uh, shitty goofiness next time. <laughs> um, I'll definitely have new stories about uh, getting hit on or hitting on blue shirts at Best Buy. Um <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and and bad habits, like the fact that I don't call Soldier 76 Soldier 76 when I play um, Overwatch anymore. We all just call him Daddy. Yeah. And when there's people who are playing with us who don't play with us, I'll be like, oh, guys, watch out. There's a Daddy uh, behind us. What's <laughs> <laughs> happening? Yeah. And every time when you, I love that because like every time I pick him and he says his voice, he's like, we're all soldiers. I'm like, we're all daddies now. <laughs> we're all daddies now. Every time. Uh, stay every frosty. Time. Stay daddy. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm playing daddy, which I often do, I'll just be like, yeah, daddy killed you. Daddy done got you. Um, <laughs> daddy got a quad kill. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, bad oh, habits. Man. Don't be me. Uh, <laughs> guys, thank you so much for tuning in, for coming back, for listening. Um, hopefully yeah. we gave you guys an hour of not having to think about a bunch of the uh, <laughs> awful shit happening. And, yeah. Um, remember to take care of yourselves. Take a break from social media. Uh, stay informed, but don't drive yourself crazy. Um, yeah. Watch some anime. Play a video game. Escape yeah, for a minute, and then get back to your activism or or whatever you're doing yeah. right now to deal with everything. Um, yeah. Just take care I, of yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. It's super important to kind of be like super aware of what's happening right now because it affects all of us in ways that we never thought that we would have to encounter any of this. Like nobody was expecting it to be like this. Um, but all we can do is continue to fight and to do what it is that we do to share like love and light and happiness and all that stuff. But also like being very aware and getting out there and marching and supporting and donating if you can to all these causes and all that good stuff. But ab- above all else, like Ruben said, is self care. 
like mm-hmm. unplug, step away. You're don't feel guilty for stepping away. Like we all have our limits. Turn it, turn it off, delete apps from your phone, whatever it takes to just like recenter yourself. Do that and take care of yourself first. And then all of this will still be here. Unfortunately, some of this stuff will still be here, but, <laughs> but hopefully like, this podcast and our backlog of episodes, if you're just now tuning in for the first time, can give you, you know, a, a, a well-deserved break from what's happening right now. And uh, stay strong, everybody. We'll, we'll be back with more episodes. And uh, yeah, give us a like on iTunes, all that stuff. And yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ, actually, real quick before we go, where, where can yeah. I find you if I want to oh, get more yeah. DJ? Yeah, if you want to get more of this. And I'm doing a... You can't see this, but I'm doing a gesture where I'm like... All of this, <laughs> all over. That, exp- that explained exactly what the gesture is. <laughs> it's um, follow me on Twitter at o h h e y d j, and um, that's pretty much my handle on everything. And uh, yeah, let's let's talk about anime. Let's talk about boys. Let's talk about Sailor Moon. Let's talk about some some shit. Let's do it. Uh, and if you want to at me with bad anime opinions, <laughs> um, you can get me on Twitter at robots r o o b o t s. Uh, RubenMedina.com has stuff that I'm working on. Um, also, uh, the comedy shit I do is at Ed, Tom, and Ruben. That's R-U-E-B-E-N.com. Uh, we had a improvised comedy podcast that we've been on hiatus for forever about, but um, might be something fun for you to listen to. And uh, also some uh, some other dumb sketches and videos and stuff. Uh, so go check that out. Um, take care of yourselves. Play games. Watch anime. Resist. All right. Yes. Cool. Have a good time. We'll see you guys next time.